Investment advisory services provided by Drake & Associates, LLC, a state of Wisconsin registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through a separate company, Loft Financial Advisory Group, LLC, a Wisconsin insurance agency. Clients are under no obligation to purchase any recommended insurance products. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. While we believe the information in the show is reliable, we cannot guarantee its accuracy. Neither Drake & Associates or Loft Financial Advisory Group accepts any liability for the use of the information discussed. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment advice or a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Please consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Before you start planning your retirement party, make sure you've got your retirement plan. You can never be too prepared for life after work, and we're here to help. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Good afternoon and welcome to the Retirement Ready Show. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake with WealthWisconsin.com. And we got none other than Brad Allen here this week, right? Great topic, Brad. Father's Day. That's right. Maybe we could start a new tradition uh, on Father's Day, and that's a family financial discussion. There we go. <laughs> Maybe people, some dads <laughs> want to talk about that, some don't, but... Um, you know, I want to talk about, you know, a couple different topics families should discuss this year. I think it's a great time to think about family. It's a time to celebrate fathers and, and you know, families and what that all means and kind of hits home for us. I have three kids myself. I have a 14-year-old daughter, Alyssa, a 10-year-old son, Anthony, and the little boss of the house, Ava, my 8-year-old, and you got a house full as well. Yeah, three boys at home tearing up the house right now, I'm sure. Of course, of <laughs> course. So great day. I'm sure we'll both be able to just relax and do nothing on Father's Day, right? Yeah, I bet. Somehow I, I don't uh, I don't see that happening. But I think, you know, Brad, oftentimes dads aren't the most touchy-feely members of the family, sometimes, but not always. And, you know, so how can dads really start this conversation? Yeah, many parents are reluctant to talk to their adult children about finances and estate planning because it can be an uncomfortable topic. Uh, in fact, 72% of Americans over the age of 60 said they consider their finances a private matter. Many adult children don't bring it up because they don't think it's any of their business. So I always say to both groups, you couldn't be more wrong than that. You know, take the initiative and start the conversation. Find find a quiet time and place with minimal distractions. To the dads out there, you can start the conversation by telling your kids how important it is that they have this information. You know, you don't want to leave behind a jigsaw puzzle. You don't want to make it difficult for them to put all those pieces together and try to find everything. And then to the, the adult children, you know, start by telling your dad that you care about him and, and, and you want to make sure that he's prepared because the, the day may come that where he can no longer take care of himself or his finances. And then you might have to step in and help out. And you need to know where everything is. You need to know, you know, how he has everything situated and, and, and what to do going forward. So it's an important conversation to have and one that's hard to start, but you know, it couldn't be more important to have, I think. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It is a difficult conversation, right? We see a number of issues come up as, you know, we age and we'll, we'll all age uh, at some point, but you know, I think there's a somewhat of a generational divide too. You know, I've been working with retirees for quite a while now, and I certainly saw with previous generations that, you know, money was this taboo topic, and it was just something you didn't talk about. The kids had no idea how much money the parents had, and and certainly it's an individual choice. We're we're not here to tell you you should be broadcasting this on social media. 
uh, certainly, but, you know, there are some conversations that are important to be had. Um, we've seen them, everyone go through it. So I, I've seen families where the parents have passed away and the kids had no idea. And frankly, it's pretty challenging. It's yeah. already an incredibly difficult time emotionally. From a workload perspective, there's a lot of things in particular if, you know, the kids weren't aware of th where things were or things weren't set up properly, that can be a terribly difficult time process. And on the other hand, I've seen some very healthy approaches to it where families have talked about it, kids were aware of where things were, there were conversations had ahead of time on, you know, what we want to see happen after we pass away, how we want things transferred, things were documented properly, maybe the family sat down with an elder law attorney, and it doesn't have to be some big intricate trust, but maybe the wills, powers of health care, you know, financial power of attorney documents were properly executed, and boy, you take a, a, I mean, you can't remove the emotion, emotional part. That's always going to be incredibly challenging when, when someone loses a parent. But now the other part, you know, becomes a lot simpler. Yeah, and I think it's it's really important to sit down and, and either with a financial professional or yourself, just write down where everything is and who you're working with, what the phone number is. You know, that way it's all on one sheet. When we put a retirement plan together, in that retirement plan, it has all the assets. It has where they are, where where you, who you need to contact, all that kind of stuff. So I think that's really important, you know, when the kids are going through something, you know, especially after uh, a, a, a parent passes, it, it makes it really easy to, to see where everything is and, and it's all organized right there for you. Yeah, that documentation is huge. And, you know, if you folks have questions, whether it's about kind of some of these, you know, end of life issues or you just have some general financial questions in retirement, we always welcome you to send those in. You can email us at radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. And Brad, after the break, I want to talk about, you know, some of the primary documents that we all need to have, that being a living will, you know, we all need a financial power of attorney and a medical power of attorney. So those are three documents that are really important. And then trust might be needed, might not. There's a lot of different types of trust. I think they can often be misunderstood, but I think some clients will need a trust, some won't. Mm -hmm. So we'll maybe compare and contrast and talk about some of the different options there. But Really important that you stay educated, and we'll cover some of that after the break. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready to sail into the sunset. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, certified financial planner with Drake & Associates, and we have Brad Allen here today talking about, you know, Father's Day, of course, a timely topic, but... You know, how do we talk about financial issues? You know, sometimes maybe the the patriarchs, the dads of the family are hard to approach, hard to talk to about it. But want to talk about, you know, some of these issues that are really important, some of the documents, if you will, that we all need. And so let, let's run through the first one, which is really starting with a will. Brad, only about 40% of Americans have a will. And I think a lot of people put it off because they don't want to think about what happens after they die. But really important to have your legal documents in place so your assets go where you want them to go. Now, you and I certainly aren't attorneys, but we've mm -hmm. had a lot of firsthand experience with this, and, and I think a will is one of those documents we really need. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I see a lot in the office, and, and a lot of uh, families we work with are still working. They still have 401ks. One of the biggest things I see is they don't have beneficiaries on those accounts. So first and foremost, you want to make sure that you put beneficiaries on the accounts that you want those 
that money to go to your family. So that's one thing to mention. But the other thing is you can think about uh, putting together a, a living will. You know, many people don't understand the difference between a, a will and a living will. A living will typically covers medical decisions made at the end of your life. You know, it's going to include what you do and do not want to have, like, you know, when to pull the plug or, or discontinue life support, you know, that kind of stuff that nobody ever wants to talk about. That's what's in that living will. So that's an important document to have. Yeah, it really is. And a will, I think, really becomes a cornerstone of your estate plan. You know, when folks pass away, your estate goes, well, potentially goes through a process called probate. Mm -hmm. And I think that term is, is really scary, it concerns a lot of people, but probate is really just a, a legal process done through the court system to retitle an asset from one name to another name. And a will is really, think of it as a set of instructions that tells the judge, this is how I want my assets to transfer. And my guess, at least in my experience, and most of my clients is you want to control that, right? You want to name where you want things to go, how you want them to happen. If you don't, then then through the probate process, it's called your your estate is called intestate, and that just means you didn't have a will essentially. So there's no set of instructions on how to transfer your assets. That can obviously open itself up to a lot of arguments, but then you have to follow the state rules for an intestate estate. So then it just becomes the the state law is saying how are my assets going to be transferred. Now that may happen to line up with how you want them transferred, or it may not. You know, so it's really important, I think, to at a minimum have a will. We'll talk a little bit later about the trust. Some people may want to take that next step and have a trust. May not be necessary for everybody, but that will and that living will is really important. I think, Brad, you talked about those end-of-life, you know, medical-type decisions, and those are important to have in the living will. And the other is the financial power of attorney. Yeah, that's a document that names someone who you uh, trust to take care of your financial decisions for you after you're unable to do so. You see that a lot with elderly parents. You know, they can't make those financial decisions anymore, so they entrust you to do that. And, you know, that's another really important relationship because they still need to live off of that money for the rest of their life. And, and that's kind of on that, that, that new person coming in. Yeah, and this document, you know, again, if you're unable, unwilling to make your own financial decisions, and a lot of us don't want to think about that, right? I mean, it's uncomfortable to say, boy, I've worked my whole life, I've saved this up, and now somebody else is going to make the decisions on our assets, and mm -hmm. nobody wants to consider that. That's an uncomfortable thought, but really important to have that. I think it's really important to have it executed properly. I know, again, I'm no attorney, so, you know, you want to talk to a qualified elder law attorney, but... This is an area I think it really does, as much as we talk about saving money, this is an area I think it makes sense to hire the right professionals. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all these services now where you can download these documents offline. And, and I, I think a lot of problems with these kind of pre-populated documents is they just haven't thought through some of the issues. We run into issues in these financial power of attorneys with gifting where you know, later maybe we're trying to protect some of the assets from nursing home costs, protect it for the family or the other spouse. Due to some poorly worded language in some of these downloaded documents, the attorneys are unable to do that. So this is an area I think it really makes sense to make sure you're talking to a qualified elder law attorney. They can take a look, make sure it has the right language. And they, they've been through it so much, Brad, they can kind of 
think of all the potential landmines that we might trip over. Right. So really important to have those documents executed properly. Whether you're looking to learn more about your financial documents or general retirement planning, we have some great classes coming up pretty quick this week. We're just about full, but you can see the upcoming schedule at wealthwisconsin.com. That's wealthwisconsin.com. We have classes on the 19th and 20th of this month. Love to have you register, but we do need folks to sign up ahead of time. You can do that right at wealthwisconsin.com or by calling the office at 414-409-7226. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. Getting you ready for retirement the right way. This is Retirement Ready with Tony Drake on WTMJ. Welcome back, and thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. You're with the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm certified financial planner Tony Drake and financial advisor Brad Allen here today celebrating Father's Day, right? We're going to kick back in a hammock, feed up, and do nothing. No, not, nah, it's not going to happen, not. Brad. Probably not. You got diapers, and yeah, what do you have going all on over there? All sorts of stuff. Gosh. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. Young, young family, that's exciting. Mine are a little bit older, but I guess I'll whole different set of issues to deal with. I have a teenager now. Oh, so, boy. Yeah, some days she loves me, and some days uh, you'd think <laughs> I was the devil. But uh, working through that, having fun as the kids grow up. But talking about, you know, kind of difficult financial topics to address, and we talked a little bit about a will and a living will, how those are really the, the cornerstone, kind of the foundation of your financial plan. Really documents... You know, I think there's some documents, Brad, some of us need, some documents we don't need. But, you know, certainly those are documents that we all want to have. Included in that is the financial power of attorney. Again, the document that says if I'm unable or unwilling to make my own financial decisions, I want to appoint someone to do that for me. So really important documents to have. I think a a common mistake, I want to talk about the health care or medical power of attorney in a moment. But just some practical advice, if you will. You know, I I think we live in this time, Brad, where, you know, everyone's worried about being politically correct. And I guess that's a whole nother conversation. I'm not arguing whether that's right or wrong. But I hear a lot, for example, you know, oh, I want to name the kids equally. Yeah. Well, might make sense. But maybe sometimes there's someone, you know, better qualified for the job. I'll give you an example in my family with, with, you know, my parents, my sister you know, lives in Madison. She's got, she teaches at the university. She's got a master's degree in, in uh, nursing. You know, she works as a nurse, teaches students, you know, clinicals, things of that nature. Um, I think, you know, probably a better fit than me. You know, she's forgotten more about healthcare situations than I'm ever going to learn. She's going to understand the terminology. And let, let's face it, you know, I, I don't know exactly what my parents' wishes are, but Let's say they want to be disconnected from certain medical devices under certain medical conditions. Obviously, emotionally, that's going to be really hard for me and my two siblings. But, you know, my sister has dealt with end-of-life issues a lot more than I have, probably a little bit more well-qualified for that. Yeah. You know, so I think naming her, you know, makes sense there. Financial power of attorney, obviously, you know, I would make more sense with my experience with the finances and legal documents and things of that nature. But point is naming the right person for the job. And we see other little issues, too, where someone might have four kids and they name them all equally. Well, mm-hmm. 
What happens if they vote two and two? Who's the tiebreaker? Right. Yeah. Now you're in a deadlock. Now you're back in court having a judge make the decision, which is why you made the documents and tried to avoid that in the first place. And nobody ever thinks that's going to happen to their family, but you'd be surprised what we see on a regular basis. You know, it's it's a sad thing, but you just want to kind of protect yourself uh, and, and your family from having to go through that kind of thing. Yeah, and so it's not, you know, if you have an even number of kids, it's not that you can't name them, but maybe you want to put in the documents if they can't agree you know, so-and-so, another family member, another trusted friend, somebody would, would break that tie. You just want to try to think about some of those issues ahead of time. I think that's where a qualified elder law attorney comes into play. Brad, you and I, I don't know, you're not an attorney, are you? No. Okay, and I don't play one on TV, <laughs> but uh, no, I'm kidding. But we're not attorneys. It's really important when it comes to this legal stuff that you consult with an attorney. But just some practical advice we've seen over the years that, you know, a good elder law attorney can think of some of these landmines ahead of time, and it can really help you avoid some of these pitfalls. These are the type of topics we talk about at the classes. We have some great classes coming up, pretty full. You know, if you folks that email or, excuse me, register online or call in, you can call in at 414-409-7226. That's 414-409-7226. We have a couple sessions left here for June and then we'll be looking out further in the summer. But you can register this month. We're talking about required minimum distributions. That's a challenging topic for folks. Yeah. How do I take it? How do I calculate it? What's the rules around it? What about folks that say, Brad, I don't need it. I don't want the taxable income. Are there some things I can do? Well, yeah, there mm -hmm. are. There are some ways to not completely blow up your tax scenario. We're going to talk about Social Security, how to get the most out of that. Hundreds of different ways you can turn on Social Security. And it can make a big difference on the longevity of your dollars. So we want to educate you on some of those strategies. And then the last one is this new tax bill. You know, we have an eight-year reprieve where tax brackets are a little bit lower. You know, that can present some great opportunities to make some shifts in how our taxable dollars are handled. Those shifts now will really affect what tax bracket we're in for decades and decades to come. So you can see the, the topics in the upcoming classes at wealthwisconsin.com you can register right there again i do apologize i know those are filling up quickly but we'll do our best to get folks registered in in on that and this week we're over at uh the water street brewery over in delafield so we hope folks that can join us you're listening to the retirement ready show on wtmj preparing you for the ultimate vacation here's more of retirement ready with tony drake on wtmj you're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. I'm Tony Drake, Certified Financial Planner with Drake & Associates and Brad Allen, Financial Advisors here today. Talking, Brad, you know, kind of in honor of Father's Day, kind of having some family discussions, some sometimes uncomfortable topics. We talked a little bit about the importance of a will, a living will, the financial power of attorney. And also there's the, the medical or the durable power of attorney. Yeah, so that document names a, a different person who you trust uh, to make medical decisions for you when you're not able to anymore. So this is a person, they'll legally be empowered to review your medical records and, and may have to, to make difficult decisions about your care down the road. So like you were saying earlier, Tony, I mean, uh, you just want to put the right person in that spot. You know, that's a, it's a big job for especially a family member to make those kind of decisions later on in life. And you want to make sure that they're able to do that. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, a lot of people kind of not, not for any other reason, just then they don't have experience, but if people just assume, 
oh, I'll be able to make medical decisions for my family or for my parent or something. That's not the case. Another area I see a a trap I see a lot of people fall into is they'll tell me, well, Tony, I have a a medical power of attorney. I had a knee surgery, you know, four months ago at, at such and such hospital. And, you know, they had me fill one out. Well, oftentimes those medical power of attorneys you get, you know, that are kind of associated with a specific procedure or mm-hmm. surgery or something, those are often specific not only just to that procedure, but oftentimes just to that hospital. So that sometimes doesn't cover everything you need. So you want to make sure you have that medical power of attorney. Between that and the living will, you're going to be able to lay out, you know, under what circumstances do I or, or don't I want to be on life support or certain situations where I want you know, certain things to happen or not happen, right? Yep. And really, no, no judgments here. It's not about suggesting to you what you should have done under what circumstance, but it's just really giving you an opportunity that your wishes are followed. But that starts with a conversation, right? I mean, you have to you have to label these things ahead of time so that your kids or whoever you entrust for this spot doesn't have to make that decision for you. So once you sit down with a... Uh, you know, an attorney and put some some of this stuff together. That way, you're, everything that you want to happen is going to happen at that point. Yeah, I think that's the big point is about, you know, having that conversation so your wishes are followed. And you bring up a great point. It's about starting somewhere. And we talked earlier about starting that conversation. Maybe, you know, a new tradition. We were kind of joking about it <laughs> earlier. But in, in all seriousness, maybe a new condition or a new tradition, excuse me, can be, you know, Father's Day, or it doesn't have to be a Father's Day, but picking some type of year where you have this annual conversation, you know, talk about some of these issues. Let kids know where the financial documents are or the investments are, or the bank accounts, and, and talking through some of our wishes. Maybe something's changed and you want to address that. You know, the other tool that a lot of people use, Brett, are trusts, and mm-hmm. those can be a valuable tool to leave a legacy and transfer wealth in a tax-efficient manner. Really a lot of different types of trusts available and I think it's an area, again, I'm not an attorney. Folks need to consult their attorney to get these questions answered. But, you know, I think it's an area where not everybody needs a trust. But we talked briefly about probate earlier. That's the legal process of retitling an asset after you've passed. And a trust can be a way to avoid probate. If for some reason you want to stay out of probate, um, one of the potential downsides to probate is it is public record, right? Mm-hmm. You can look up any estate that went through probate. And a trust is a way to stay outside of that. So if there's a need for privacy, you know, there's revocable living trusts, or if you spend a lot of money, it's a revocable living trust. <laughs> that was my big joke, Brad. For I that. liked it. Okay, <laughs> good. I hope maybe I got one laugh out there somewhere. But, you know, um, that's a way that you can stay outside of probate, maybe maintain a little bit of privacy, maybe a little bit more control. There's some great, if you're above the estate tax limits, which now are uh, essentially doubled, so they're much, much higher than they used to be in the new tax code. But if you're above those, that could be a way to really great, gain some great tax advantages when you, when you transfer your assets. There's also irrevocable trusts. So this can be a way to protect assets. If you're worried about you know, maybe a spent thrift child, maybe you know, scammers, creditors, predators, nursing home expenses. Mm-hmm. And your irrevocable trust can be a way to protect your money from nursing home expenses. So there might be some planning you want to do from that regard. I think a lot of people think long-term care insurance is the only way to protect the assets. That's not generally the case. There are certain types of trusts that do that as well. So we could spend, Brad, a couple weeks, hours and hours just talking about the different types of trusts. There's eyelets to protect your cash value and your life insurance. There's, you know, intentionally defective grantors trusts. There's, you know, cruts and crats and all, all kinds of fun, crazy stuff you can do when it comes to tax planning. But 
point is there's some great strategies out there to communicate what are the challenges your families are having what do you want to accomplish with your dollars to express that to your financial advisor express that to your attorney generally there's going to be a way to accomplish that so after the break i want to talk a little bit more about why it's so important that your family members know where to keep your where you're keeping your financial documents i think that's a big issue a lot of folks are missing you're listening to the retirement ready show on wtmj answering all of your retirement questions on retirement ready with tony drake on wtmj Welcome back. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. We got Brad Allen here, right? Uh, and Tony Drake, certified financial planner with WealthWisconsin.com. Encourage you to visit us. We've got a lot of great articles, and folks can listen to old uh, kind of archive radio shows and podcasts you can download there. Mm-hmm. But talking about a great topic today, kind of honoring the fathers and, and celebrating Father's Day this weekend. And Wanted to talk a little bit about documents and really how to start these sometimes uncomfortable conversations about money, about end-of-life issues, what documents do we need. And I think there's a really pressing you know, need for adult family members to know where you keep those important documents. Your, your, your financial and estate planning documents need to be accessible to your family if something should happen to you. you know, your, your family needs to know where uh, everything is and how to access it. So you can store your paperwork in a, a fire and waterproof safe at home, but make sure someone knows how to get into it. Uh, if you choose to store all your documents in a safe deposit box at the bank, add a person you trust as a joint owner. And uh, your estate planning attorney can also keep your estate planning documents or signed uh, copies in case something happens to the original paperwork. So just have a way for your family members to be able to access some of this information and, and, and be able to get to it. Yeah, I think that access is important. And, and, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, kind of some of these generational shifts where, you know, I, I think money for some families, not some families are really open about it, right? But, yeah. but for some families, I think it can be this taboo topic. We don't tell the kids how much we have. Or, we, you know, I don't know about you, but I hear it all the time with my clients where someone will say, my kids have no idea what we said. Like, right. they'd be shocked if they knew how much we saved up. Yeah, I mean, it's across the board. I've had uh, families come in together, you know, where I, I'm, I'm meeting with uh, the clients, but they bring their kids in because they want them to know everything and, and where everything is. And, and like you said, some, some clients just don't want them to know until, until they need to know. Yeah, and we certainly want to honor your kind of family wishes, if you will. But I think what we're trying to express this week is that there's a big benefit to, to kids knowing you know, where things are when it just comes to the hard realities of end-of-life issues. And, you know, there's also another issue about, you know, when folks last looked at their estate plan. It's one of the biggest mistakes I see when it comes to estate planning. That's where people kind of set it and forget it, right? I set up my estate plan and I'm done. Um, In fact, about one in six Americans over the age of 60 say their financial documents are pretty out of date. You know, life insurance policies, maybe bank and brokerage accounts, retirement plans, they typically have a beneficiary form. And these forms, a lot of people, this is a big point, Brad, I think folks don't realize. So I have a will. And in my will, it states where money's going to go, things of that nature. If you have a beneficiary election on your account, that o- that supersedes, that overrides the will. So maybe 
you know, you're leaving everything to your wife and, and kids, Brad, but on your beneficiary form, of course, you've named me, I would <laughs> imagine. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But l- let's say you name someone else on your beneficiary form. Maybe it's an account you started when you were young, before you were married, and you had your parents or something named, and you forgot to change it. It's not going to go to your wife and kids, even if they're named in the will. Those beneficiary forms kind of supersede us. So updating those forms every couple of years and after any major life changes, that might be marriages, as we're talking about, divorces, deaths, or births. You know, you could, you know, new kids come along, right, Brad? Hint, hint, oh, right? I know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, new kids come along, births, and, you know, maybe it changes a little bit whom you want to name or, or things of that nature. I think that's important. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, updating those on a regular basis. What, what do you usually say about every year or so, every couple of years? Just take a look at the, the wills and the trust, make sure everything's updated. Yeah, it, it, certainly if you don't do update the legal documents every year, every couple of years, I think yeah. it's important. There are law changes. You mm-hmm. know, those type of documents are governed by state law. So another time period might be if you move residencies. Maybe you just can't take the winters. I mean, don't want to think about that this time of year, but maybe you just can't take those uh, Wisconsin winters anymore. So you decide maybe you start off doing the snowbird thing and then you decide to live somewhere else. Or, you know, family changes, too. Uh, we, we always mention in the class, you know, if, if one of your kids gets divorced and the, the in-law becomes the outlaw, you know, and uh, you, you want to make sure that you're updating those to, to make sure that they're not included in, in inheriting some of your accounts. Really important points, you know. So really about taking a look at those. If you have questions related to these end-of-life topics or, or legal dive, not attorneys, but we can, you know, do our best to answer those or get you connected with someone that can, you can email those in to radio at wealthwisconsin.com. That's radio at wealthwisconsin.com. We always love to cover questions. I think after the break we'll uh, answer one of those questions from a, a listener that's uh, – emailed in to us but you could also visit the website at wealthwisconsin.com we always have the upcoming course schedule come and join us for any of our no cost no obligation classes learn a lot more about retirement and retirement topics and just make sure you're staying educated main point there we want you to be educated so you can really make the appropriate decisions in retirement after the break we'll also talk about are your folks, are mom and dad protected should something happen? Really scary topic. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. From the WTMJ Breaking News Center, I'm Barry Nelson. We are getting reports from the Milwaukee Police Department that the funeral procession for Officer Charles Irvine Jr. may start a little earlier than expected, which will affect those people going to the Milwaukee Brewers game. Tweeting out just a short time ago, the MPD says, due to the funeral procession, I-94 eastbound to Miller Parkway South will be closed for an extended period of time nearing first pitch. We advise people to arrive early and plan your entry into the ballpark accordingly. You can get more details right now at WTMJ.com and on the WTMJ mobile app. We now join Retirement Ready, already in progress on 620 WTMJ. Documents involving the family. And, you know, I think another question, you know, is to go over whether you're protected in case something happens to mom or dad. Yeah, here we're talking about life insurance. You know, I recommend anyone with dependents, including a spouse or children, consider getting life insurance. You know, it can be confusing to figure out how much you need. A good rule of thumb to consider is multiplying your salary by 10. 
That number will vary depending on your family's unique needs. You can get a, a more detailed idea with you know, an online life insurance calculator or by sitting down with a financial professional. So you know, there's other insurance considerations to, to consider. You know, this kind of goes along with the question that, that we have today that was emailed in. And this one's for you, uh, Tony. But uh, they're asking about long-term care. Uh, the question was, uh, my parents had long-term care insurance, uh, and they actually used it. I'm trying to, to, to figure out if it's the right fit for me. There's not as many options anymore as there were when they were at that age. You know, how do you feel about life or uh, long-term care? Great question. So a couple of different ways to protect ourselves from long-term care, and, and it's a pressing issue, right? I mean, we're all living longer and longer. You know, the problem that comes with that is, is we have these kind of health care issues, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes because we're living longer, the body starts to break down or the mind starts to break down. And a couple different ways, depending on how much you saved or what your economic status is, there could be self-insurance, right? I mean, today you're looking at roughly, according to AARP, about $100,000 a year for an average. That's not a real fancy, not a real low end, but an average nursing home in southeastern Wisconsin. And maybe within your estate, you can afford to self-insure. Second option is long-term care insurance. So long-term care insurance is a way, you know, where you can protect it with traditional long-term care insurance. Typically, long-term care insurance is going to have what's called a daily benefit. That's going to be triggered either by cognitive impairment or failing a couple of what's called activities of daily living, like, you know, feeding yourself, mm -hmm. clothing yourself, bathing yourself, going to the bathroom, things of that nature. Um, there are a lot of different details in those policies. I really encourage folks to meet with a, an insurance professional that's independent. That just means they represent different companies. So they can shop around and really look for it. One of the potential downsides of long-term care insurance, roughly about 50% of people over the age of 65 will spend some time in a, in a nursing home. What happens if I'm that lucky 50% and I don't need it? Right. Well, there are now what's called alternative policies. So these are life insurance policies where I buy the life insurance as long as I can medically qualify, and they have what's called a long-term care rider that says if I get sick and wind up in a nursing home, I can use a certain percentage of the face value or the death benefit amount to, to pay for long-term care needs. What are the pros and cons? Well, pros could be if I don't end up using it, that money transfers income tax-free as a death benefit after I pass to my loved one. So all the premiums weren't out the window like long-term care insurance downsides, you know, maybe it's not as comprehensive as a traditional long-term care, so you want to look at the pros and cons. So it's more like a, a supplement almost. Yeah, it could be a supplement. It could completely satisfy the need that you have, mm -hmm. but it's just important to look at the details. There's also now annuities that have long-term care riders. Some of them will double an income stream, triple an income stream to pay for care. Some of them are, are simple fixed annuities that have a ballooning, you know, two to three times the amount for long-term care benefits pros and cons there again you know the pros might be i have access to the annuity i can pass it on i may not end up using it all so different ways to address it but again i think it's important to to have those conversations these are the type of topics we talk about at our classes we do have a couple classes coming up this week i apologize folks they fill up so quickly i feel terrible that we can't accommodate everybody but you can register right at the website wealthwisconsin.com that's wealthwisconsin.com, or you can call the office at 414-409-7226. And this month, we're talking about required minimum distributions, 
how to really manage that properly. Some cases avoid it if you don't need it. We're going to talk about Social Security strategies, how to get the most out of Social Security, and we're going to talk about this new tax code. You know, how do I manage this new tax code? What effect is it going to have on me, and are there some strategies I can implement to control my tax brackets over the coming years? And you can always come in and just sit down with us, too. These classes fill up very quickly, so feel free to give us a call anytime and, and schedule an appointment. Yeah, folks can always come in for that. We encourage that. And really appreciate you taking some time out to listen and hope we brought some value this week and helped educate you and make you a little bit smarter when it comes to your retirement topics. You're listening to the Retirement Ready Show on WTMJ. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during Retirement Ready are solely that of the hosts or guests of Drake & Associates and not WTMJ Radio or Scripps Media Incorporated.